Subscribe to The Leader to get it at 4pm every weekday and give us a rating while you're there. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Both the Tories and Labour have been talking about immigration and our associate editor has been left a bit confused. The Labour Party says it lets lots of people in, but underneath maybe it's got a plan not to. The Tories say they won't let lots of people in, but underneath they've got a plan to do so. Julian Glover on the impossible things the country was promised before breakfast. Also... The RMT's called a 24-hour strike on the Victoria Line, why this newspaper thinks the union's reasons are spurious. And... There's two pieces that sit side by side, and one is a very hard, high-backed wooden chair that basically people were sat in, their head was pulled back over the top and they were restrained while people pulled their teeth out. Our arts correspondent Robert Dex visits the new exhibition exploring 500 years of medical history. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, Julian Glover examines the immigration stances of the Tories and Labour. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. The Conservatives have dumped Theresa May's 100,000 goal for net immigration. The party says they're not setting some arbitrary target. What they will do is bring overall immigration down, but give skilled workers preference under a points-based system and expert recommendations. Our editorial column has spotted a problem. It's a classic example of trying to have one's cake and eat it, presumably cooked by a Polish chef in an Italian cafe and served by a waitress from Romania. The reality is that in a world of connected economies and competition for skills, we need immigration. We congratulate Priti Patel for admitting as much by dropping the harmful and unsustainable cap of 100,000 migrants a year. It's something this paper has long campaigned for. Julian Glover, we've said in The Leader that uh, the Home Secretary's promised two impossible things before breakfast. What are those? She's promised to cut immigration while letting people into Britain uh, to do all the jobs and support our economy and be part of the global world that we are. So if you don't like immigration, you hear the first bit. If you do, maybe you hear the second. The truth is, 
neither side is completely telling the truth on immigration. Labour's also all over the place. It's one of those days when parties go on the radio and scrap and fall out and voters probably just roll their eyes and think, my goodness, how many more days are there in this election? Is immigration that high up in this election? It's possibly high up because it's often said to be one of the things that drove Brexit. And it's often said to be one of the things that gives a reason for Brexit. We can, to coin a phrase, take back control of our borders, control free movement from the European Union. And then there's a great cliche, every politician rolls out, and we had it, Julie, today, an Australian-style points system. It sounds tough and exciting. Well, I'm half Australian, and Australia has a higher level of migration than we do because the Australian-style points system gives lots of points to people who come to Australia, do jobs, back a growing economy. So just because you've got control doesn't mean you're cutting numbers. Two different things. Something the leader says today is that people are going to want to move to Britain and do so in large numbers. And it calls for politicians to just be honest about that and about what Britain can do. So we congratulate the government in the leader. They might be surprised to hear it. We congratulate them for getting rid of the completely ridiculous cap on numbers that the government had previously promised to stick with. And Theresa May became very defensive of long after... Everybody else realised it was nonsense and couldn't be met and only just set something up to fail and had lots of perverse consequences like the way students were treated, which held back the global competitiveness of our universities and stopped people who'd done well at university trying to get jobs to work in Britain, which you might think was the point of having higher education in the first place. So good news to the government. They've stopped pretending they've got a number. Now they're just pretending a really vague thing, which is overall they're going to control migration to the UK. Well, overall isn't really a test of anything. It's just a vague word. And how has Labour got itself tied in these particular immigration knots that it seems to have got itself tied in over its policies? Well, Labour hasn't got a policy at the moment, as we were told this morning. We have to wait for the manifesto, and apparently we'll learn everything from that when it comes. Uh, the Labour Party conference is very much in favour of movement. There's a liberal strand in Labour, or at least a, a sort of let's, let's get rid of nasty rules and restrictions on migration, a... A, a kind of horrible right-wing sort of thing. So that bit of the Labour wants to be open and talk about free movement, and there was a vote at the party conference which went that way. Another bit of Labour thinks migrants are coming in here to undercut the workers who live here already, undercutting their wages, doing their jobs. You might say they're actually doing jobs that need to be done because we have really high levels of employment and low levels of unemployment. But nonetheless, they're pretty anti-migration. And Len McCluskey, who's that person who really runs the Labour Party, top union boss, uh, union bosses are always called union boss, but top union boss Len McCluskey uh, said, hang on, don't listen to the party conference, wait till you see the manifesto, with that slight air of menace you always get, with the suggestion there will actually be some tougher controls. So again, the Labour Party says it lets lots of people in, but underneath maybe it's got a plan not to. The Tories say they won't let lots of people in, but underneath they've got a plan to do so. Next. The next station is Vauxhall. A 24-hour strike will hit one of London's busiest tube lines this month, why we think the union behind it is being childish. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. 
QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Around 600,000 people use the Victoria Line every day, except on November 28th, because RMT drivers will be on strike. They're walking out for 24 hours, starting at 10pm the night before, and members of the rival Aslev Union may also refuse to cross picket lines, potentially bringing the line to a standstill. Our editorial column is not impressed. This is Green Park. You can always rely on the RMT Rail Union to find a spurious reason for a strike. What's the reason for this disruption, which will hit the lives of a lot of London workers paid much less than the basic pay of £55,011 drivers get for a 36-hour week with 43 days holiday? Tube bosses, it says, are being deliberately provocative and the strike is solely down to their childish behaviour. Are the union sure they are not referring to themselves? We'll keep you up to date with the tube strike in the paper and online, and you can also get our overnight news bulletins through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. It's available from 7am. Now. The Science Museum in London's opening an enormous exhibition tracing the history of medicine over the last 500 years. Our arts correspondent Robert Dex has had a sneak preview. Robert, this is genuinely huge. They say it's an area equivalent to 1,500 hospital beds. How have they filled that space? You're right, it is huge. I mean, it's five galleries taking up the entire first floor of the Science Museum. Um, but if there's one thing museums aren't short of, it's exhibits. Yeah, there's hundreds of thousands of objects that never get seen, um, you know, lying in archives and, and storage. So filling a space even this big isn't really a problem for the staff at the museum. Um, it's home to about 3,000 exhibits in total, but because it's so big... Um, it doesn't feel too busy. Everything has its own space and is in the right place. And actually, they've built in a couple of points as you walk through where actually there's very few exhibits. So visitors can stop. They start to take stock of what they've seen, think about what they've seen, and then move on to the next stage. It's really quite extraordinary how medicine's advanced, even in the last 100 years. How well has this captured that journey? Well, the advances in, in technology are the heart, really, of, of all the galleries. Um, there's two pieces that sit side by side that particularly bring that out or brought that out for me. And um, one is a very hard, high-backed wooden chair that basically people were sat in. Their head was pulled back over the top, and they were restrained while people pulled their teeth out without anaesthetic. Um, and it sits next to the Da Vinci robotic machine that was used. I mean, it's only 19 years ago. It was, it was the country's first robot-assisted keyhole surgery operation um, carried out by. Professor Ara Desai, and to see those two objects next to each other tells you everything you need to know, and the fact that actually that robotic surgery machine is actually now out of date. So you can see the huge leaps everywhere you go in the galleries. Are there any particular highlights you found interesting? 
I mean, there are so many highlights. It's the sort of place that is going to be there for repeat viewing. You know, you'll be able to visit again and again and again and see something new every time. Um, a couple of things that stuck out for me, um, one that was just very funny, which was a very early example of DNA sequencing, um, which which looks amazing, looks very striking, um, but it's actually made with a Charles Meccano set. So I just had this, you have this wonderful image of a somewhere a, a small child, you know, whose scientist mum or dad has wandered off to work with their toys, wondering where it's gone to, not realising how it's been used in this huge sort of medical leap forward. Um, and then one of the most moving things is actually is a tiny little vial of medicine that you would walk past a million times and, and not give a second glance to. It's only when you go over and look at it you realise actually it's a vial of thalidomide um, that was the drug that um, obviously in the 50s and 60s was, was given to pregnant women. Um, it, you know, it, it was sold as a, as a way to sort of cure morning sickness and, and that kind of thing. And, and obviously we all know it, it left their children with you know dreadful legacy of malformed limbs and you you have people now still struggling to deal with the after effects of what happened to them and it was a huge public health scandal and um just to see the tiny innocent looking little bottles sat there and then to see the wider picture and everything that's come from it and all the lives that have been affected and destroyed um it, it's quite something but as i say i mean anyone who goes will see something different and every time they go they will see something different and it really is, um, it, it's a fantastic new addition to, to the museums of, of London. And that's the leader. We're available from 4pm every weekday. Subscribe to make sure it's waiting for you on time. We'll see you tomorrow.